Hello and welcome to the show. I'm your host Jason Knight and this episode is part of a special triple bill where I talk to some inspiring women in product about their journeys, challenges, hopes and aspirations. Now I'm sure there'll be some people who complain, hey what about men in product, where's the organisation for them? And of course the answer is, there is one. It's called product. Women are criminally underrepresented in tech and product, underpaid, undervalued and career restricted pretty much across the board. Now I appreciate that it's a bit rum of me, a middle-aged white straight cis man, bringing this message. And I agree. I've never been discriminated against in my life. But if I can be an ally and use my voice to help amplify those of others, I'm all in. I'm not expecting to change the world, but all of us should be doing our very best to effect change one conversation at a time. I shall do my very best to avoid inadvertent mansplanations or correctile dysfunction. In this episode, The Devil Wears Product, I speak to someone at the beginning of their career as they transition into product management, develop a strong support and mentorship network, and even start their first side hustle before they've got a main hustle. So let's get going on One Night in Product. So my guest tonight is Anna Lieberman, New Yorker, blogger, digital marketer, taking her first steps into the exciting world of product management, documenting her journey as she goes. Also developing an app called Food Fight, with the goal of taking the fight out of date night. Hi Anna, how are you? I am doing very well, how are you? I am wonderful, thank you very much. So first things first, Food Fight, what is that all about and, um, and, and when can I have it? So, food fight. Um, as you mentioned, it takes the fight out of date night. Um, so, one of the points of contention that I continually run into uh, with my boyfriend is where are we going for dinner? What are we going to do for dinner? Especially on the nights that we don't want to cook because we cook often. But, um, you know, I was thinking about like what a solution could be to this problem. And out of quarantine creativity, I came up with uh, Food Fight as an app idea. Choosing where to go or order out from uh, for dinner is a tough decision, and especially for an indecisive person like me. So adding into the equation another person's wants and needs can make things really tricky. So Food Fight is aiming to solve the issue by randomly choosing a restaurant for you based on a set of parameters that you can choose to opt in or out of. Um, those, you know, such as uh, the type of cuisine, um, in a broad sense, how much you're willing to spend, dietary restrictions, distance, etc. And that's going to be fun. You know, I'm, I'm working on developing that and like I'm learning all about APIs and Google Maps API and all that. <laughs> it's, a, it's really cool. So from there, a randomly generated choice will be presented to the user. And here's where the fun part starts. If the user sticks with the choice generated for them that day and presents a receipt or a proof of purchase uh, to the app, they will receive an incentive. And I'm still testing whether, you know, a point system or an instant reward system is better, such as like, you know, 10% off it the next time you visit a re- uh, this restaurant or, you know, you gain X amount of points and then you receive the reward. So I'm working on that. And uh, I'm currently in development and vetting developers help me create the MVP. But it's been such a fun creative outlet and a great practice in product management that I've really been enjoying. 
So it sounds like you've, you're, you're skipping the product management and going straight into uh, entrepreneurship, which is obviously a fantastic journey. And I expect to see you in all of the magazines uh, sooner rather than later. Oh, God. I, I, you know, I'm not aiming to create, you know, the next Uber or, you know, Seated or Resi. But, you know, I wanted to learn how product development happens and how, you know, to create an app. I have a little bit of experience in coding. You know, I've learned in college, I took classes where I was, you know, learning HTML, CSS, and uh, then later on Java and Python for programming. And it was, it's all really interesting to me. I know I'll never be a software engineer. Know that for a fact. But, you know, I want to be involved in creating things that help solve problems. I think that's the first thing that, you know, is what product management is about. 100%. So before that, you've obviously had an interesting career working in a few different industries. So you've worked in fashion, uh, you've worked in PR and, and done some work in, I think, social media and marketing and, and, and that side of things. So what has brought you to product management and, and, and what does it mean to you? So I have a very diverse background. It's very funny when I tell people that I'm looking to get into product management. A lot of people especially the people that I'm talking to who ask me where I'm at in my career right now, don't know what product management is. And sometimes I, I think back to myself, I'm like, do I even know what it is? But, <laughs> you know, I, I started um, in college, I, I pursued a degree in technological systems management. So I have a bachelor's of science in it. And that's where I learned all the coding. And I, But I also got a really great 360 degree on business and marketing and uh, project management. So it was a really great major for me because I wasn't exactly sure what I wanted to do, but I know I wanted to do something involving all of the you know skills I was learning. Little did I know that product management existed because this was you know four or five years ago before it became this like sort of evangelical thing, at least in my you know in my experience. So funny enough, I was learning about product management from a, a friend of mine. And I went through the interview process to enroll in product school and, you know, then came across a huge barrier of imposter syndrome and said, you know, oh, like, no way do I know anything about business needs and, you know, whatever is involved with product management. So I, I talked myself out of that. Um, I ended up out of college working as an executive assistant at a meditation app, which was a startup. I was involved in everything from user development to competitive research and analysis. So that was really cool. But it was it was a lot to join a startup out of college when you don't have a lot of guidance or mentorship in your role. It's hard to grow and learn. So I um, ended up transitioning into a fashion PR role after that. And I was there for a while and my company ended up being acquired and I moved over to the new company that acquired us and my role changed there. So it's been a very strange process. But then about a year ago, a little bit over a year ago, I revisited exactly what I want to do with my career because I knew that marketing, digital marketing, it's really interesting, but it's not where I want to see myself. So that's when I started 
going back and vetting all of the product management boot camps. And that's how I happened across uh, the general assembly class that I participated in. And it was the best decision I ever made. I was, I remember I like made the decision, enrolled in the class and went that very day and never looked back. And it was for sure a great experience. Wow. So, so I see you went to general assembly, as you said, and also product school, as you mentioned earlier on. And those are obviously a couple of really popular kind of certification paths uh, they don't always get the same kind of reaction depending on who you speak to people so some people for example have, have maybe had a, a certain uh, skepticism around whether you can actually learn product management without just doing product management as you are now with obviously food fight for example uh, but how have you found that kind of certification path going from fairly fresh to, to going through some of those training courses and, 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 and getting that kind of fundamental stuff done up front? So I think that a boot camp such as product school or general assembly for me was the perfect match. Um, it's not for everyone, that's for sure. I was lucky enough to have the time in my schedule to dedicate to it. And uh, I also was really invested in, you know, financially, but also emotionally and, and personally invested. So from there, I think it was also great because I don't have a huge technical background. I get all the concepts and I'm very interested in learning them. But, you know, I think for someone who's looking to transition from something a little bit more technical, maybe they want to be, they, they want to come from a software engineering background or user experience. That's what I see a lot in people who want to um, transition into product. And um, I think that it might not be so necessary, especially if they've worked with product managers in the past, but I had no experience with product managers. I have worked in more of a creative industry, not so much the tech industry. So I think it was really important for me to grasp those, those concepts. And I had and do continue to have great mentors that um, were able to answer my questions, you know, and my shameless questions about what do you mean? What's an <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Agile methodologies. I remember so many people mentioned agile, agile, agile. And it was uh, very confusing in the beginning, but now, you know, you get a grasp on it because you enroll in this class and you go through it like actual school. And if you're dedicated enough, I think, that's what's helpful. Yeah, and it's interesting when you talk about earlier you were talking about sort of the lack of mentorship to start with and and now obviously talking about some of the people you are getting help from. Uh, I know you've got your your blog uh, where you do some interviews with with product people, uh, interesting people from around the world and also me. So, um, you know, it's uh, obviously really great to to see that happening, but so you started out saying, for example, that you had somewhat sort of imposter syndrome and you weren't quite sure if, if, if you were cut out for this. So what gave you the confidence to, to go and ask kind of effectively random, medium to high powered product people to you know, actually come and, and answer some questions for you and, and help you on your journey? It, Is that just like a New York thing or? <laughs> you know, maybe some of the New York rubbed off on me in that uh, aspect, but Here's my thing. I have been job searching for quite some time now. You know, I became furloughed from my previous role in March, so early on. 
knew that I didn't want to con- continue doing that anyway. So I had been working on my, my portfolio of, of how I would break into product for, for quite some time. But I have a really great mentor that I uh, was connected with, and she was my first uh, guest on my blog, Nidhi. And she, um, she and I were connected through an awesome initiative that I found out. It, it's like, you know, it's network through network through network. I, I was, I'm, I joined the women in product community and, uh, I, I remember seeing a, post about, you know, are you looking to be connected to a mentor? Um, are you looking to break into product? Well, this is for you. And it was called Help Your Peers. And it was such a great initiative because they eventually connected Nitty and I. And I had such an amazing first conversation with her. And we ended up staying connected. And we talk very regularly, at least once or twice a week. And, you know, she wants to know the status of my job search. But not only that, she wants to help me grow professionally. And she uh, suggested that I start a blog because I do already have a blog, a history of blogging, I guess you could say. I started a fashion blog when I was in college. That's no longer. But, um, you know, I started in the beginning of the pandemic, a, a blog to, you know, kind of write about product management, but I got stuck. There was nothing really interesting. I feel like it's a very oversaturated market to begin with. It certainly is, yes. Right. And when you don't have anything to write about, it you know falls by the wayside. So Nitty and I were strategizing on what my next move could be. And we came up with this. And I have gotten so much amazing feedback and Based off of, I think, you know, it doesn't hurt that Nitty's at PayPal, which is a very reputable company, but, you know, she opened up a huge opportunity for me that I decided to just run with. And that imposter syndrome, I've kind of had to let go of because it was only holding me back. And I think that's like the biggest advice I could give to other aspiring product people is, you know, that... There is nothing to lose. Maybe a few feelings of or shame or regret or something, but there's nothing to lose by, you know, going for exactly what you want or, you know, reaching out to someone that you admire and asking for their opinions on something. You know, I think everybody, I, I remember listening to one of your previous podcasts and saying like, everybody really likes to talk about themselves. And I, think that is, <laughs> I it does ring true. And, you know, here I am talking about myself, but I think it's important to share experiences and everybody, especially during this time of COVID has uh, become very generous with their wealth of knowledge. And it's really inspiring to see that. Yeah, I guess if there's any positives from you know, everyone being kind of locked down in their houses and actually, to be fair, even outside of product management and just like all of these de- like reunions that you get on Zoom and stuff now, like just it, sort of you know, like the Back to the Future cast go on and do a Zoom reunion or, or the Frozen cast do a, a, a Zoom reunion. It's like, I know obviously this has been a, a hellish situation and, and continues to be so for, for lots of people, but at the same time, it, it has kind of, come up with some interesting side effects like you say sort of the fact that you can pretty much guarantee that a lot of people just ha- actually have time now because they're not doing anything else and I think the other interesting thing from from what you said and, and something that really some, something that I really kind of 
agree with is this whole concept of imposter syndrome. I, I had the issue when I started looking at trying to, for example, do say medium.com or something like that. You know, there's a, a billion different articles on medium.com about anything that I could potentially write about because, of course, there are, because there are thousands of people writing about the sorts of things that I know about. And then there was this concern, well, well, why the hell would I write about that? Uh, and after a while, you just have to just do it, like you say, because ultimately, if you don't, you're never going to know if you're any good at it. You may or may not be, but at the same time, might as well try. And it's the same to some extent with a podcast. Am I confident enough to go out there and try and give my opinions about every single aspect of, of product management uh, the same as on every other podcast? Maybe, maybe not. But at the same time, if you can have interesting conversations with people you know, like yourself and some of the other guests, and actually uh, Nidhi will be coming onto the show at some point as well. Um, yeah, so it's it's good to just have those conversations and, and just the way that someone put it to me once was like, it doesn't matter if you're talking about the same thing, as long as you're talking about it in a slightly different way, there's always a chance that you're going to get a different angle, different insight, or you'll speak to someone that didn't get spoken to by someone else saying it. You don't know until you try. You're on the money with that one. That's, that, that's the sound bite for the clip as well. I'm on the money. <laughs> okay, so you say that you're currently looking for a position. You're, you're kind of in between roles aside from, again, Food Fight, which I'm assuming will take up all your time uh, very soon. But uh, what's the market like in New York and around New York at the moment? Are there lots of opportunities or is it kind of, have you got the thousands of product managers all coming out of furloughs and all fighting for the same jobs? It's a mix of both. I think there's a lot of experienced product managers who are now have to go for, you know, more junior roles because everybody's coming out of, you know, even the successful companies like, um, you know, like Microsoft and LinkedIn are having to lay off, you know, members of their team. And that poses a very tough, you know, conundrum. Like, you know, do you hire someone who has no experience and is moldable or do you hire someone who already kind of has the, the background and, you know, you don't have to do as much training. The job market is, is strange. I think I really wish I could do an A-B test on, you know, COVID versus not COVID <laughs> because who knows, I, you know, no COVID, I would have, you know, never probably started this blog and, and learned so much about product management before actually having a product manager role. But there are, you know, especially I've seen over the past month or so, because I have been a rabid LinkedIn, uh, you know, searcher. I've, you know, queried as many searches as I can. But I've come across a lot more roles in, you know, the past month or so. I think everybody's coming off of summer and they're looking to revamp hiring again um, now that we kind of have a better idea of what's going on in the world. But the one thing that I have noticed is there's a ton of associate product manager roles or junior product manager roles, but they are really looking for college graduates or, you know, currently enrolled, enrolled college or university students, as you would say over there in, in <laughs> uh, Great Britain. So I'm running into the issue of I'm four years out of school, yet I am, you know, very junior in my career still where, you know, there's this limitation where, you know, the role would be perfect for me otherwise, except I'm not in college or I'm not a recent graduate. So that's one issue that I've noticed, but there are still a lot of availabilities. I think there's the other um, problem of getting through the ATS 
applicant tracking system mm-hmm. applying or you know making a connection at a company that you're interested in and then you know missing that time frame of applying to the role because it's just such a fine line so you know it's getting through um, is tougher than ever especially with so many more people looking for jobs but um, I think the right thing will come around when it does that's really my that's my view on it and are there are there kind of certain industries or, or types of industry that you're really keen on? I mean, are there kind of passions that you that you would follow, or are you just keen to kind of get that kind of entry level experience, you know, for want of a better word, anywhere, so that you can start your journey? I think what is so great about looking for a new role for me is that I have a wide variety of interests myself. Um, so I'm trying not to limit myself in industry, more so in role for sure. Um, and I'm also like not going to go for something that's totally, totally out of my scope, but there are things that I do want to learn more about. It's, you know, FinTech or health tech, or even, you know, working in, in ed tech, like all of these platforms that people are using now to learn or, you know, have online learning with is, it's really interesting to me. I don't have much experience in it, but um, I would like to venture into them. So I'm trying to keep my options open and um, rather than, you know, silo myself into one category, uh, really keep everything open because you never know what's going to uh, stick. Yeah, that's fair enough. And I think it's good to be open-minded. Also, I think I completely agree that the concept of, for example, working in uh, sort of health tech or ed tech, you know, things that, uh, that that seem somewhat worthy, you know, sounds pretty attractive as, as a concept. I'm lucky enough that my place has a kind of charity healthcare uh, off, offshoot, which is uh, something that I can get involved in from time to time. So that, that at least uh, scratches some of that itch. It's, it's quite a cool, uh, uh, quite a cool area to be involved in. Maybe you could volunteer for them for for the, for now, just to uh, keep you keep your hand in. Well, I'd love to hear more about that, uh, and I would love to get involved because I'm all about uh, contributing where I can. Absolutely, I think it's important. We also spoke before this call about inclusivity and how the world might be a better place if we're all a little bit more inclusive. Are there any examples of situations which you've been in where you felt that that's kind of had you at a disadvantage? So. I think it's it's tough breaking into product, let alone tech, as a female, and it's it's a very male centric uh, industry, and we all we all know this, and we all know like I've joined a ton of communities based off of you know being identifying as a female, and um, one thing that I have just really enjoyed is hearing the stories of other female identifying people, and you know finding out their experiences and how they broke into tech because, you know, I think inclusivity is so important because there are so many people with great ideas and, and great solutions to problems that we need to share the mic a little bit more in order to maybe solve more problems and continue on, you know, a track of innovation and furthering, you know, humanity. And I hate to bring it into such a philosophical, you know, <laughs> conversation there. But, you know, I think it's really important. And I think we're having great conversations now about inclusivity. So, yeah, I, I, I think 
we need to, you know, just get more people who are interested involved rather than keeping the barriers up that, you know, have existed for so long. Yeah, and there's obviously also the the quite clear and obvious argument that the more diverse opinions you have on your team, as you've touched on, the better a solution you're likely to come up with. I think I think the way I've seen it put before and the way that I've put it myself is if I hire a bunch of people that, that look and think like me, I might as well just have me you know, because they're just going to say the same thing. So I want to have different types of people from different backgrounds and different you know, different mindsets that can come in and, and, and attack a problem from a different angle because yeah, not everyone is the same and we should be grasping as much as possible the fantastic opportunities that we do get from a a massively more connected society and a massively kind of more mobile workforce and, and much more awareness, as you say, around some of these issues. I definitely think we're a way off of actually fixing that, but it feels like every little step that we can take in the right direction is a positive step. Uh, but that's easy for me to say because I'm a straight, cis, white male that's basically had every single opportunity thrown at me under the sun, and I'm very conscious of that, but at the same time, anything that 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 people like me can do to help other people is it feels like a, an important step along the way. Definitely. All right. So we spoke earlier about the, trying to define product management and and how you would define that, you know, to your friends or to people that didn't know what that was. And you're shaking your head. So I'm assuming you know what the next question is going to be. If if you're at a party and you meet a new person and they ask you what you do, what do you tell that person? that a product manager does? So myself not being a product manager yet makes it gives it a very interesting spin because then I get to add in that I want to be doing this and I'm trying to explain it the best I can. But, um, you know, how I say it and how I go about it is because I want to work with digital products first and foremost is, um, you know, imagine a product such as Spotify. Spotify has so many different features, such as, you know, the podcast feature or, you know, shuffle. There's, and they have a ton of product managers who are the shepherds who kind of get everybody together, you know, the people who are on the marketing team to market the product or the feature, uh, the people who are building it, such as the developers or engineers, um, you know, the sales teams, they get everybody together, keep them on the same track. Make sure everybody's, you know, hitting the goals and KPIs, and uh, you know they drive that that product to completion, and then you know continual iteration, and um, that's how I explain it. And then I get a lot of glazed over looks, and no one cares. <laughs> so I, you know, I, I I try to make as much fun with my explanations as possible, yet. I still feel more confused sometimes after I explain it. So I think it depends on who you're talking to. If you're speaking to someone who's a little more technically savvy, sure, they'll get it a little bit more. Some people, not so much. So, it, you know, it, it varies. And I think I'll probably be better at explaining it rather than just knowing about it once, you know, I, I land my first role. But That is probably very fair to, to say. And and how and and have you got anything in the pipeline at the moment, or are you uh, kind of evaluating your opportunities? So I've actually been doing a lot more interviewing now that summer is over. Uh, summer was kind of quiet, um, but you know I've been presented with some cool opportunities, and 
Um, one thing that I've been learning is I actually do really enjoy the interview process. I don't know if you can tell here, but I can talk to a, a brick wall. That's, you know, what I've been told is that I can have conversation with pretty much anybody. But, you know, I'm, I'm working my way through things. It's never an easy process. And there's always going to be that one person, you know, there's always going to be that one person that has a little bit more experience than you. But, you know, I try and develop the most organic relationship and conversations with the people I'm interviewing with. Um, and hopefully the right thing comes along soon. Fingers crossed. So who, who within the business or product community, aside from Nidhi, who we spoke about earlier, who, 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 really, who really inspires you? Ah, uh, that's, that's a really good question. So I've, I've had the amazing opportunity to meet so many great product people. One person that really inspires me is, was my instructor from my general assembly, uh, product management boot class. Such a mouthful. Um, Sarkis, he is the VP of product at Amex and he just is so insightful and is a wealth of knowledge and always willing to help you. And like, you know, whenever I had a question in class, he like made sure that I understood it. And I think that's, you know, he's someone that I consider a mentor and I think is a great advocate for anyone can be a product manager. He's a, he doesn't make it such an evangelical thing with, you know, the like, oh, you have to be a born and bred product person. You know, you know, you're, you're supposed to be in product, but he was, he was one of the first product managers that I ever really met. So I think that sticks in my mind. Have there been any particular books that have kind of inspired you along the way or, or given you any really good findings? You know, um, so I love, I love reading books. I haven't done a ton of reading product books. Um, I did read over the summer. I, at the beginning of the summer, I read Cracking the PM Interview. And that's when I really decided, like, I'm not really sure I'm cut out for the interview process at a, at a you know, FANG company, like, you know, Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Netflix, Google. Like, no, no way. That just seems like, it, you know, it's not for me. But it was, it also helped me understand that, which kind of, you know, makes my job search a little bit easier when I see, you know, the, the opening at one of those companies, I really have to evaluate, do I actually want to go through that process or, you know, have this, this, uh, hanging over me, this pressure that, you know, especially so early on in my career, is that really for me? One that I'm really excited to get into is radical candor. And I'm, hoping to get into that soon. It's, you know, it's hard to find the time to read for me because I am one of those people who loves to scroll on social media mindlessly. I am a product of my environment. Can't help it. But that and I also want to read Inspired by Marty Kagan that I'm really excited to read because I know he is an industry leader. And, you know, if so many people are, in, are you know, recommending this book to me, then I'm, I need to read it. I know I do. It's just finding the time, right? That is always a problem. But yeah, I think um, it's always good to kind of keep up to, as up to date as possible with uh, you know as many different angles on and and kind of takes on problems and and stories. I actually quite like reading stories about other founders and other people that have done start gone through the startup journey. And although obviously it's a bit different to being kind of a 
a day-to-day product person in a company maybe that already exists it's always really inspiring to see some of the choices that they've had to make and some of the decisions and some of it is really transferable as well so and also obviously there are warnings there as well yeah. i think i always recommend uh, bad blood as, uh, as, a, as a fantastic story of tech gone wrong if you know very much about the theranos uh, story and yes i'm so intrigued by elizabeth holmes i <laughs> that is just one character it's like it's funny because it just felt like she was so villainized more than a lot of other you know tech founders i understand what she did was horrible and you know a lot of the stuff that she was involved in but like come on how'd she get away with that for so long without any checks and balances like how but i i, I want to read bad blood as well i need to like write down my my list of my my checklist of books that i need to read I, i'm looking forward to more of your recommendations <laughs> Well, I've actually got a Goodreads uh, list, which uh, basically lists every single book that I've read with my star ratings. So I'll uh, I'll happily share that with you, but maybe not with everyone because I don't want to make anyone who has written a book uh, offended if, uh, <laughs> if 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 my star rating was, wasn't quite enough. Cool. Um, well, that's been really interesting. So thanks very much for coming on and sharing your experiences, and obviously wish you the best of luck with the ongoing uh, search for your for your of entry point into into the the, the product management career uh, where can people get in touch with you if they, if they want to read your blog or, or kind of uh, share any experiences or, or sharing your experiences so first and foremost uh, you can get in touch with me on LinkedIn I'm there and I have all the notifications turned on so <laughs> I'm Anna Lieberman on LinkedIn um, I also have my website where you can get in touch with me there uh, AnnaJLieberman.com Anna, the letter J, my last name, Lieberman.com. And um, yeah, that's pretty much all I share. That's Those are pretty much the only forums I share on currently. So yeah, the, the name of your blog actually stuck out as The Devil Wears Product. Now, obviously, I'm a, fan, I'm a massive fan of a pun, given the name of this uh, podcast as well. <laughs> but I wonder where The Devil Wears Product specifically came from. Well, uh, you know, I... Sometimes I even forget that it's named that because I mark it so much as as just like Anna J. Lieberman or Anna Lieberman. But the Devil Wears product, I, I do have to give a lot of credit to the boyfriend once again, who's, you know, we, we talk a lot and we're bouncing ideas off each other. He's, he's a great creative mind for that. And going off of the fact that I spent so much time in the fashion industry and a lot of people early on in my career commented that, you know, I was an executive assistant for, you know, a prominent figure in the fashion industry. And they asked, you know, is it like Devil Wears Prada? Is it, you know, is it just like that? So we were, you know, coming spitballing ideas, if you will. And uh, Devil Wears Product came out of that. I wanted to make kind of a fun notion to my previous career history because, you know, it's not for nothing. But yeah, that's where it came from. Yeah, I always hope it's a lot more like Zoolander personally, but I guess, you know, I've never worked in that industry and probably for the best as well. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thanks very much for coming on and uh, let's keep in touch. Thanks so much for having me. As ever, thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed the show today, I'd love it if you left a review, shared it with your friends, subscribed or followed the show on Facebook, Instagram or LinkedIn. 